Hello, everyone, and welcome to the newest episode in our podcast. This podcast is dedicated to MBA and master's orientation and preparation. My name is Martina, and I'm here again with Ellen Nollis. You know her very well from the previous episodes. I will leave a link to them here in the description of this one. Um, Ellen has her own agency, uh, and she can help you with your MBA admission process. So uh, feel free to visit her website. Erlene, thank you so much for being our guest today. Could you please say a couple of words for yourself for those who just uh, listen for first time? Yeah, of course. Um, well, first of all, thank you, Martina, um, for having me again. It's always such a nice opportunity to speak with you and share these tips with your audience. Um, to everyone listening, um, hello, thanks for joining us today. Um, as I was introduced, I'm Ellen, um, the founder of Ellen Lawley's Consulting. Um, we are a consulting firm uh, that meets the needs of applicants all over the world for all sorts of different uh, programs. We're mostly focused on the top 10 programs, um, but of course we work with many others. Um, we also really specialize in helping um, candidates focus on their specific story. We're uh, very specialized in storytelling, um, and we always look forward to helping clients uh, make themselves look and present themselves as good as possible in the admissions uh, process. And um, we're very proud that as a result of that approach, we've been able to maintain a 98.9% success rate with our client pool. Great. Thank you so much. And uh, today's topic will be about how to overcome weaknesses in your MBA profile. So everyone stay till the end of this episode. And I would like to start with um, how do they determine if they have weaknesses in uh, their profile? Yeah, so um, this is an exercise, I think, in self-awareness, <laughs> um, which can be one of the most difficult um, that we, we go through in life in general, but also in the MBA process, because um, it requires you to take a look at how you stack up to others. Um, so looking at your profile, there's a number of different things that are considered when you apply for an MBA. Um, maybe some of you are international students who have applied to a master's degree before in your home country, and it's based on just an admissions test. If you're in the top 100, you get in. If you're not, sorry, try next year. Um, the MBA process is much more robust than that. There is all sorts of different factors um, that come into play, and we'll definitely talk, break, uh, talk about this and break them down one by one. Um, but the first thing to do is really look critically at your profile, um, things like your GMAT score, your grades, um, your work experience, any gaps you might have. Um, those are really important things to look at and see how do I stack up against the average class profile. Um, so a good thing to do can be to, first of all, go on to the school's website, um, each school that you're considering and look at their class profile. You can Google, for example, ESA um, class profile and it'll come up, you can see, number of work, years of work experience, average GPA, GMAT, GRE score, um, a lot of times the average TOEFL score. Um, so that's something that can really help you start to gauge how you stack up against the competition. Um, of course, there are other things that go into um, a profile beyond just these weaknesses, and we'll talk about that again um, a little bit later on. Um, but the first thing to do is, is generally kind of compare yourself against those stats. Um, it can also be helpful to get input um, from an MBA consultant who can look very comprehensively at your profile or from friends um, who might be in the MBA now or who've gone through the process before. 
Great. Thank you so much. And we all know that uh, all of the applicants are preparing for their GMAT or GRE exam yes. um, <laughs> in, in advance, a lot of in advance. So uh, what if uh, their score is low? Um, what will happen? Hopefully, as you mentioned, they're preparing far in advance. Um, that's the best thing that you can do for yourself um, here is realizing that your GMAT or GRE score is low um, and give yourself the time to retake it. Um, the best thing that you can do is just increase your score. So, for example, if the average of the school is 720 and you've got a 660, um, you know, that might be very problematic. It might mean that your application is not really considered um, seriously, depending, again, on the school that you're looking at. Um, but if you're off so far from the average, um, it is a good idea to, to retake it. Um, of course, there are some caveats to that. Um, if you're from a specific pool, um, certain scores in certain pools are lower. So um, for example, in general, um, female applicants have a slightly lower GMAT score than male applicants. Um, so if your score is a bit lower than average and you're a female applicant, that might be okay. Um, different regions have different uh, variations in scores as well. Um, some regions are really highly represented. Tons of people apply. Um, so the average score tends to be a bit higher. Other regions, not as many people apply. So the average score might be a little lower. Um, so of course, looking critically as well as, is your GMAT low for your profile? Um, but in general, if it's very, very far off um, the average, that's a pretty good indication that your GMAT or GRE score is low. Best thing, retake. If you're not able to retake or you've already used up all your tries, um, you know, there is a limit to the number of times you can take these tests. Um, then you want to think about how to address this in other ways. Um, the best thing to do is write an optional essay and show that your GMAT score is not indicative of your academic performance and academic uh, potential. Uh, a good thing to do would be to show that you had very strong college grades, um, to show that you work in a very uh, demanding industry, maybe your quant was a little bit low, you can show that you have a lot of quant responsibilities in your current job, maybe you're a consultant who works with advanced analytics, um, so a lot of quantitative demands, um, you're highly ranked uh, potentially within the organization, so trying to show essentially evidence that your score does not represent your full potential. Um, if there's a reason behind why your score is low, you can also share that. You want to be careful not to drift into uh, the domain of making excuses. Um, so, you know, I had a lot to do. Or I was working really long hours. Sorry, so are a lot of other people. <laughs> they were able to get a score that, that was higher than yours. Um, so in that case, you know, don't use kind of an excuse um, to, to talk about why your score is low. Um, but perhaps, you know, you have a learning disability um, or another type of disability, or perhaps you had um, a challenge being able to take it more than once because of government regulations of the internet in your area or travel restrictions or things like that. Um, that can be good information to share. Again, complement that with why it doesn't represent your full academic potential. Um, and in the case that you haven't maxed out your number of tries, you can also mention in that optional statement that you're willing to take the test again or have planned to take the test again. Um, if you say you're gonna take it again, give a specific date and stick to it. If you say, I'm gonna take the test again, September 15th, um, take the test again, September 15th. <laughs> it doesn't look good to make promises that you don't keep. Um, if you're open to taking it as well, um, know that they may ask you to do that. And that in that case, your um, admissions could be contingent upon presenting that higher score.
Great, thank you. And actually, how important are uh, the college grades? Uh, because I'm wondering um, that most of the people are asking their themselves, what if my um, grades are low or <laughs> yeah. what happened then? <laughs> Um, so with the college grades, they are important. Um, that's, again, a good indication of your academic potential, what kind of student you are, um, maybe how you'll contribute to the classroom because of how um, well you did in your previous, um, previous university experiences. Um, this varies a little bit. So within the US um, system, you know, the grades are pretty consistent. If you've got, you know, above a 3.5, awesome. Uh, if you've got below a 3.0, that's quite problematic. Um, so the, the grades are pretty consistent within that um, pool. If you, you know, live abroad or studied abroad, um, that can start to be a little bit more complicated. You know, for example, there's countries where if you get a seven out of 10, that's exceptional. You might be the valedictorian of your class <laughs> um, with a seven out of 10. Um, but if you convert that to the 4.0 scale, it doesn't look very good. And, and there's a lot of concern about that not being a great um, grade. Essentially what the schools are gonna do, they know that. Um, they have a lot of data and experience working with different regions. So they know um, what good grades are in different regions. So um, if you're coming from, you know, for example, Brazil um, and you have a seven out of 10 and at your university that was exceptional, they'll know that. Um, so you don't have to worry about and nobody had a 4.0, it was impossible to get a 3.7 at my school. Um, they also won't convert. When you apply, you will present your grades in the scale that you um, admitted or that you were received those in. So if it's between zero and one, um, if it's between one and 10, if it's between zero and 15, whatever it ends up being, um, you'll put that scale on the application and you'll report your grades uh, on that scale. Um, even within those scales though, if your grades are low, that could be problematic, especially if you failed quite a few classes. Um, if that's the case, again, I'd turn to an optional essay. Um, if there's a reason why those grades are low, share that. Don't make excuses, but you know, if you had health challenges um, during that period, or um, you know, maybe you didn't the first semester you didn't budget your time very well, got involved in a bunch of different um, activities and didn't prioritize your grades as much as possible. Maybe you were working full-time um, to afford university and that cut down uh, your study time a bit. Um, you know, if you have a good reason for your grades being low, definitely share that. Um, if not, then present evidence that you know, you've grown since then or that your academic and intellectual potential is not fully represented by your grades great way to overcome that is a high GMAT score. That's really the best thing that you can do. Um, if you're not able to do a high GMAT score, try to look at your professional experience and see um, what you can share to show that, again, you have strong academic intellectual abilities. Great. And what about if they have some gaps in their work uh, experience or if they are getting fired yeah, that can be tricky. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's tackle the gaps first. Um, it, uh, there's no problem having a gap in your work experience. Um, a lot of people have that from time to time. Um, it depends on how long it was, when it was, and why it was. <laughs> um, how long the gap was. If it's you know a month or two, or some schools don't even require you to disclose anything below three or less than three months. Um, sometimes that can just be the time that it takes to transition from one job to another. Um, if it's more than three months, you know it can be a good idea to justify why that happened. Um, there's so many different reasons. Um, you know, some organizations, you know, you get the job offer 
um, on July 1st, but you're only able to start August 1st or October 1st. Um, so just share that information about essentially why that gap happened. Um, and try to share what you did within that time. So if it's just, you know, a month, maybe it's not, you don't need to go into a lot of detail. Maybe you just prepared um, or took a small vacation. Um, but if it's a longer gap, ideally you would have done something, maybe took a course or volunteered and you can share how you, you use that time and how it enriched you. Um, if you have gaps in your work experience that are longer than six months, that can be a little bit problematic um, just because it does start to maybe draw the attention of recruiters when they're looking at your CVs, um, especially if it's recent. If you've had a, a year gap, um, you know, in the last year, for example, that's going to be a little bit more difficult because, again, when you're looking at recruiting post-MBA, um, they're going to say, okay, you've been in the MBA for two years, um, then you only had two months of experience before that and you had this long gap. Um, you know, companies might look at that and wonder a bit if you're ready to jump into this kind of role. Um, so that's, that could be a little bit trickier. Again, justify why you have this gap, how you use that time to enrich yourself, um, to really show them that even though you were out of work, you were still busy and working on self-improvement and profile improvement. Um, and if you took a sabbatical or something like that, of course, make sure that you have a really rock solid argument um, for showing uh, why you took that and how you've gotten back into the groove of things. If you took a long sabbatical, I would probably wait to apply until you have at least a year um, of experience since then. Um, there's no rule. That's just generally um, you know, what I, I, I think works best so that you have enough experiences um, to show them that you're comfortable again within the corporate environment. Um, or whatever environment you work in. Um, and recruiters, of course, can look and see that you have relevant recent experience that's gonna help you get a job. Um, if you were fired, <laughs> that happens. Um, we worked with a client recently whose company um, declared bankruptcy. There were some issues and they lost their job. Um, nothing they could do about it. So we wrote an optional essay, essentially explaining um, what happened, um, what they learned from it and you know how they moved on to their next opportunity. Um, and sometimes there can be a little bit of a gap there um, just because it can take time to move from one thing to another. Um, if you were fired for performance, um, it is important to disclose that um, and just let them know. Essentially, again, let them know what happened. Be honest. Um, talk about um, you know, how you learned from it or what you, how you grew. Um, if you were laid off again, that just sometimes happens. Um, so that wouldn't be as much of a concern, but if it was for performance, again, it, it is important to show, um, how you've grown since then, how you've improved since then. Um, if you were fired for performance relatively recently, again, it could be a good idea to maybe build some positive experience after that. So that's not the most recent thing we're looking at. And the most recent thing a post-MBA recruiter is looking at. Um, of course, there's a lot of nuances here, so this can be where it's really helpful to get an expert's opinion um, to understand, you know, how should you disclose it, um, how should you talk about it, um, and how can that all be presented in a way that doesn't damage your, your application. Um, but again, these things happened, and we've worked with many clients who have been in those situations and were able to go to, to very good schools afterwards. Great. and. Actually, what will uh, happen if they're not employed right now? Is it the baddest option or, <laughs> or, or not? It, it's not ideal, <laughs> um, that's for sure. 
Um, again, just thinking about um, a recruiter's perspective, right? So when they're looking to recruit people um, post MBA, um, if you were out of work for a year or several years, then another two, one or two years out for the MBA, um, you know, how up to date are you with industry trends, with what's going on? Tech moves very, very quickly, advanced analytics um, always changing. Um, so, you know, if you were out for, you know, when you sum all of that three years, that can be a little problematic, um, to understand how well you're going to thrive in a role that maybe you're out of touch with. Um, it is not a death sentence. Um, so what you do want to do is if you can, um, try to get employed again and maybe apply in round two, once you've had enough six years of experience or six months of experience, for example, to, to show that you're back into the game. Um, but if that's not possible, then again, optional essay, optional essays are savior for weaknesses in the profile. Um, why are you unemployed? Um, maybe why you haven't sought other employment or what you're doing to try to seek other employment and other ways that you've enriched yourself during this time. So maybe you volunteered, um, maybe you're providing um, free consulting services or pro bono work for different organizations. Um, it is a really good idea to show them, um, you know, what you're doing. If you're a student right now, that's okay. Um, you know, they're going to understand that the reason you're not working right now is because you're a student and that's not something that you need to worry about. So maybe you're finishing, um, college and you're applying for a delayed start MBA where you'll start two years from now when you apply. Um, maybe you're finishing up a master's degree. Um, of course, you know, if you are in a master's program, applying for an MBA, really important to consider that as part of your overall strategy and make sure that that's presented correctly, especially with your goals and ambitions. Um, so if that's your case, it's not a big deal, but if you're unemployed um, for other reasons, um, you know, definitely make sure to, to share that information. If you're in kind of this weird gray zone where you have your own company or you're starting up your own venture um, and you're technically not employed, but also sort of employed because you're starting a business, um, also just make sure that you justify that in an optional essay. That's a little easier to get around because it's, you're just maybe not earning a salary, but you are working. Um, and, and that is a, a bit easier to, to justify. Um, but in general, you know, if you are unemployed, um, think about how you can potentially get employed again, um, <laughs> at least for a while before you apply. Um, for those of you who are maybe struggling to get a GMAT score um, and are thinking about quitting your job to study, I would highly, highly suggest that you don't do that. Um, it creates that kind of employment issue. It can take a while to get back into the market. Um, I would you know, use up your vacation time first, maybe talk to your company about a small leave of absence um, to get that, that together or delay your, your timeline a little bit. But if you're thinking about quitting to study, unless you absolutely have no other options, uh, I would not suggest that. Awesome. Thank you so much. And are there any other weaknesses that they should consider? There are a couple of other, there's others, they're not as critical, um, but they are things that when we're analyzing applicants, if one has it and the other one doesn't, um, the one who has it can definitely have an edge. Um, one of the main ones is volunteer work or community service or giving back in some way. Um, showing that you have other interests um, outside of work is obviously important, but also that you care about giving something back to the community. You know, your whole life is not just focused on your own ambition and your own success. Um, that's something that definitely makes a profile stand out. Um, so if you don't have community service, you need to write an optional essay about why you don't have it. 
no. Um, but definitely try to bolster other aspects of your profile to kind of compensate for the fact that you don't have that. Um, and if you can delay your application a little bit or you're listening to this looking for next year, um, already get started in something. Um, quality over quantity is the, the keyword here. Get involved in something that you love, get involved in a meaningful way. Um, having one project that you're dedicated to is better than having five that you um, maybe are very surface level engaged with. Um, the other is international experience. Um, for European schools, this can be a little more important than for US schools. Um, European schools sometimes have a slightly more globally diverse profile. You know, London Business School, INSEAD, ESA in, in Barcelona, um, those come to mind. So they really value people with an international mindset and international experience. Um, if you don't have that, it, again, it doesn't mean you're not going to get admitted. Um, you can even potentially use that to show why the MBA would be a fulfillment of a long-held dream of, of being able to have this international experience. Um, but in general, you know, having that international um, time or having that time abroad shows that you're adaptable, um, you're good at communicating with diverse types of people. Um, it also just adds something interesting and different um, to your application. So um, if you have the chance to add that, it would be a great idea. Um, you know, it's July, end of July. Now I'm not sure when this is going to go out, but whenever you're listening, um, you know, deadlines are about a month away. Um, if it's a month away, uh, in your case, when you're listening to this, um, you know, it might not be the time to go get an international experience now. Um, but if you're planning to play next year, that could be something interesting to, to consider. That could be, um, you know, a, a course that you decide to take abroad, a volunteer project. Um, maybe you can ask your, your company to put you on an international assignment. Um, there's a lot of different ways to look at that. But again, if it's not possible, it's not possible. Um, there's other ways to show that you're a strong communicator. Um, you're good with working with diverse teams. Um, so those are things that if you don't have them, it's okay. But if you can, it would be a good idea to, to try to add. Great. And I was wondering, um, does having a weakness in a profile mean that um, they won't be accepted in the already chosen business school? Not necessarily. Um, so the schools look at multiple different factors. Um, there's multiple different things that go into that come into consideration when you're um, analyzing a, a profile. So thinking about, you know, again, coming back to kind of your pool, maybe for your pool, this GMAT score is um, right on average. So it's not as big of a deal. Or, um, you know, for example, I only have two years of work experience, but I'm a McKinsey consultant. And um, at the end of our second year is when we apply <laughs> during our third year of work. Um, so yes, you're technically below the average when it comes to work experience, but there's a very good reason for it. And it's not really a weakness at all. Um, so there's a lot of different things that come into play um, in terms of judging how big of a deal a weakness is. Um, Generally, there's ways to overcome it. Um, and as long as you're motivated uh, to, to try to fix those and self-aware um, and honest, um, it's usually doable. Um, one thing can be GMAT. If you're GMAT, even considering all of those factors or GRE is very, very low, that can be difficult to overcome. Um, if your grades are really, really bad and you don't have a good GMAT score, that can be difficult to overcome. So um, those are things that could potentially make it more difficult to get accepted. Um, but in general, again, they look at the whole profile, they look at your whole package to determine 
Um, if you're a good fit for the school, we've had clients with low GMAT scores get into top schools. We've had clients who are unemployed get into top schools. We've had clients who failed a bunch of classes get into top schools. We've even had um, clients who had maybe a bit of legal trouble <laughs> um, get into top schools. So um, there is definitely always a way. Um, the big issue is when you start to compound weaknesses. Um, I have a low GMAT. I have low college grades. I'm also not employed. You know, starting to have multiple points of weakness is where it can start to get a bit tricky. Um, but again, as long as you're uh, committed to addressing those or you can share with the admissions committee um, why those happened and how you've worked to overcome it, um, it's definitely still doable. Great. And I would like to um, finish this uh, episode today, uh, maybe with uh, giving some courage to our listeners. Yes. So <laughs> what will be your advice to them? What can they do about these weaknesses? Yeah, so four things. Um, first of all, don't give up. <laughs> um, stay positive. Um, there's always a way um, to make your goals um, happen, to make your dream of going to the MBA come true. Um, so stay positive, stay hopeful, but also be self-aware. Um, so also understand kind of the situation that you're in and be realistic about what you need to do. Um, number two, consider your list of schools. Um, if you maybe have some things in your profile that would cause a bit of a bit of problems, maybe look at the schools, maybe look at schools that have a slightly lower average GMAT, um, or schools where maybe international experience is not quite as important, or um, you know, a lot of other things that can come into the mix, but look at your school's list, maybe expand it or maybe change it a little bit to fit your profile better. Um, number three, work ahead to change what you can. Um, hopefully you're listening to this um, in advance and uh, gives you time to, to think about these weaknesses. Give yourself time to retake the GMAT. Um, college grades, not really something you can change, um, but you know, if you're unemployed, give yourself time maybe to get back into the market. Um, so think about, about how you can fix those and give yourself time if you can to fix them. Um, and number four, write an optional essay. If you have a weakness in your profile, um, don't think that they're not going to notice. <laughs> Use the optional essay, get out in front of it, share your story, um, share what happened, how you've learned from it, um, and give yourself your best possible chance. Great. Elin, thank you so much one more time for sharing your time with us today, uh, for giving your truly opinion every time. Uh, I believe that, again, we help um, to all of the listeners today. And I would remind um, everyone to visit Elin's website. You can find the link to it in the description here. And of course, to listen um, to the previous episodes. Um, of course, I will leave a link here in the description. Erin, thank you one more time. It's course, always a pleasure. Yes, thank you for having me again. Um, I hope that this was helpful to all of you who are listening today. Um, and good luck with your applications. If you need any expert advice or help analyzing your profile or fixing some of these weaknesses, my team and I are always available to help you. Great. Everyone, stay tuned and have a great night. Bye.